completed his legal education some five years previous, had invented endless excuses to postpone taking his California bar examinations. In those intervening years, he had become far more interested in the life of a crime journalist, for which he had unarguably been blessed with considerable talent. The reason for this subterfuge was because our father, the Honorable Horace T. Wilson, Superior Court Judge for the County of San Francisco, nurtured a deep prejudice, not to mention mistrust, toward anyone in the newspaper business. It was Samuel's profound hope that Papa would never discover the real reason why he continued to avoid taking that last step en route to becoming an attorney. He had, you see, been busy forging a career in journalism under the name Ian Fearless, the noted San Francisco crime reporter much in demand by a variety of publications, ranging from the Police Gazette to the city's well-established daily newspapers. George Lewis was right. Samuel would undoubtedly do anything to scoop the town's other reporters when it came to a good murder. Not stopping to knock, I boldly entered my brother's room and crossed to his bed. Samuel was an especially sound sleeper, It was a family joke that he'd even managed to sleep through several significant earthquakes, and I was forced to shake him by the shoulders before he could be roused from his slumber. What the hell? he grumbled, pulling the bed covers over his tousled head. Go away and let me sleep. Samuel, wake up, I said, continuing to shake him. George is waiting for you outside. They've found a body in the cut. He thought you'd want to cover the story. At this, he sat up, rubbing sleep from his eyes. What time is it? By the faint glow of candlelight spilling through the open door to the hall, I could just make out the hands of his clock. It's a few minutes after two o'clock, I told him. Hurry up and get dressed if you want an exclusive story. Without waiting for him to agree, I scurried back to my own room. Hastily, I tore off my nightgown and pulled on the first dress that came to hand. Not bothering with petticoats or stockings, I threw on a pair of old boots and tossed a long hooded wrap over my shoulders. I gathered my thick mop of tangled hair into a bun as I raced down the stairs and, grabbing hold of one of the lanterns kept at the ready in a downstairs cupboard, flung open the front door. Leaving it slightly ajar behind me, I joined a startled-looking George Lewis, who stood waiting on the street. Miss Sarah, he protested, you can't mean to come with us. The victim is, that is, it's not a pleasant sight. Never mind about that, George, I said, straightening my cape so that it covered me more securely. You should know by now that I am not faint of heart. Before George could find more reasons to object to my presence, my brother came flying out of the house, pulling on his top coat with one hand while attempting to balance a notepad and his own lantern in the other. I might have known you'd insist on coming along, he said, spying me standing next to his friend. I tried to tell her she should stay here, George said, regarding me unhappily. Where I'm taking you is no fit place for a lady. Samuel gave a dry little laugh. Save your breath, George. You have as much chance of stopping her as you'd have holding back a wild boar. Striking a match, he lit both our lamps, then blew out the flame. All right, my boy, lead us to this body of yours. George flashed me one more uncertain look. 
then silently turned and set off at a brisk pace toward the Harrison Street Bridge. This structure, which the noted author Charles Warren Stoddard referred to as a bridge celebrated as a triumph of architectural ungainliness, had been erected to span Harrison Street across the gap caused by the infamous Second Street cut. Many San Franciscans, my father and I included, considered the cut a greedy and ill-advised scheme, which had signaled the beginning of the end to Rincon Hill, until then one of the city's finest districts. Tonight, the bridge loomed before us like a long, graceless serpent, barely distinguishable against the dark sky. A god-awful eyesore, Papa was fond of saying, and I must admit that I heartily agreed with this sentiment. As we drew nearer, I spied a one-horse chaise parked to the right side of the road leading onto the bridge. A man I assumed...